A quick notice before we start. The lectionary reading for, for today runs from the 18th to the 24th verse of the first chapter of Matthew. I will, however, include the 25th verse today because the content of the 25th verse creates challenges for a lot of people when trying to understand what the church teaches. So for the sake of a short teaching moment, a key note of importance will be included at the end so that we can all understand the intent of the 25th verse of chapter chapter 1 of the Gospel according to Matthew. But right now, we're going to take a look at the first few sentences of our reading there at verse 18 because they are packed with details. Of all the Gospel writers, Matthew is most concerned with the Jewish readers. Matthew wants there to be no mistake in the minds of those who read his account of the Gospel as to what he believes and why. As a result, Matthew begins, The birth of Jesus Christ happened in this way. We, today, can read that and not really notice anything significant in it. We're used to calling Jesus, Jesus Christ, as if it's the first and the last name, and also Christ as an alternate name to Jesus. Jesus and Christ in our understanding can be used almost completely interchangeably. But there is a difference. Jesus is his given name. Christ is his status, his messiahship. The Jews were waiting for a Messiah and they had rejected Jesus as the Messiah. So Matthew opens his gospel saying, The birth of Jesus the Messiah happened like this. And then goes on to explain more details. By saying the birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew was basically telling the Jews, you can deny it all you want, but Jesus is the Messiah, so pay attention. This is important. Then Matthew introduces the rest of the important people of the story. His mother is Mary, and she is betrothed to Joseph. To be betrothed is much more advanced than just engagement like we understand today. Betrothal is only a tiny step away of being fully married. The betrothal would typically be a contract between the parents, and in those days the girl could be as young as 12 or 13. Once betrothed, the two would be referred to as husband and wife, but would still live in the houses of their parents until the wedding day. If either man or woman died during this period of time, the other would be classified as having been widowed, just like any fully married couple when the other spouse dies. Other spouse dies. During the betrothal, often a year or so long, the husband would be working and preparing a home for the sake of his wife come their wedding day. Next, our text gives us the big news. Before they had come together, meaning before their wedding day, Mary is found to be pregnant, and Joseph is trying to decide what is the best thing to do. The text tells us that Joseph was a just man and did not want to put Mary to shame. Remember, to be just or to give justice means a lot more than we typically give it credit for. In the U.S., we talk about justice as punishment, as in the criminal justice system, but to, to be just and justice is to do what is right by a person. In our text, Joseph is a just man and he knows that there is no benefit to be gained by shaming a 12 or 13 year old girl over a pregnancy. 
The only thing that would happen is to ruin her life, possibly even cost her her life, because when caught in adultery, could be stoned to death. So instead of making a spectacle of Mary, Joseph decides to, the text says, put her away quietly, meaning to get a divorce. Because remember, a betrothal is the same as being married, but not yet living together. Then the angel appears to Joseph in a dream and explains that Mary is not pregnant because she was unfaithful. Mary is pregnant because she is amazingly beyond our comprehension faithful. Mary is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, the angel said, you are about to be the earthly stepfather of the Son of God. You are about to raise the promised Messiah. You will see to it that the Son of God is kept safe from harm until he reaches the age of his ministry. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Be joyous that her son will save you and all of God's people from their sins. And Joseph, reassured by the angel, rose from his sleep and took Mary as his wife. That story by itself is inspiring. Joseph, being a just man beyond reproach, was wanting to do the right thing by Mary, not shaming her or possibly costing her her life. Our drama is off to a good start, but then we have the heavenly intervention. Now Joseph, being a righteous man, is called into service in God's salvation plan. Now it's time to recognize what has happened in the even even bigger story. What's called the meta-narrative, meaning that bigger story that brings all the parts and all we have in the Bible together and shows how they are interconnected. We spoke about parallelism, something that's already happened, happening again in a little bit differently but more complete manner than before last week, and this week we have another. And this week I also want to remind you of something I've said in a sermon before, but it's been a little while, so it's time for a quick reminder. Whenever you're reading something about Jesus, you should be asking yourself, what happened in the garden that this event is reversing? For example, Adam and Eve, tempted by Satan, in an act of pride, wanted equality with God. So they grasped the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In the New Testament, we read that Jesus, knowing that equality with God is not something to be grasped, humbled himself. Philippians 2.6 Here in the story of the birth of Christ, we have another opportunity to see a reversal of something that happened in the garden. What garden story does the birth story reverse? Chromatius, the bishop of Aquilia, who was writing in about the year 400, explained it like this. Notice here, too, the order of a mystery. The devil first spoke to Eve, the virgin, long ago, and then to a man, that he might administer to them the word of death. In the latter case, the holy angel first spoke to Mary, and then to Joseph, that he might reveal to them the word of life. In the former case, a woman was chosen unto sin. In the latter case, she was chosen unto salvation. In the former case, the man fell through the woman. In the latter case, he rose through the virgin. The salvation story of God is always a matter of how the sin of the garden is being reversed through Jesus and those around him. Now, in our last Sunday of Advent, as we have been liturgically preparing for the return of Jesus, we wait until the redemption is complete and all the stains of the sin of the garden are washed away. Amen. Now before 
stepping away from the pulpit, I promised a quick look at verse 25. Verse 25 says, speaking of Mary, that Joseph knew her not until she gave birth to her firstborn son. We have a lot of fellow Christians who will point to that verse and say, see it says that Joseph and Mary had sex after Jesus was born and she had other children. But that is not what the verse says. First, the verse has one distinct important task, making clear that there was no possible way that Mary was pregnant by Joseph. Second, the way that Matthew said said it is something like, if any of you wanted me to hold on to something for you, and I replied that I would take the package and not open it until you came and picked it up. That does not mean that I would suddenly open your package when you arrived. It only means that I'm not going to do anything with it while it is in my safekeeping. Lastly, Jesus is the firstborn. He's the firstborn of all the children of God. It is by Jesus that we can call God Father, as in our Father who art in heaven. When Mary's son Jesus made possible for each of us to be the children of God the Father, he was her firstborn son of many children. And for that reason, we can call Mary both our mother and the mother of the church. Verse 25 is that simple.